and it was one of the most painful moments of my life. Being excluded, being prevented from bettering myself because someone else didn't want me there was really painful and really hurtful and really unfair and the best thing that could have possibly happened that day. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become legendary. You can become What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself 1% Your better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Today's podcast is going to be special and relatively unique. I am going to, for the first time ever on this podcast, tell a story. And I tell a lot of stories in class, but I've never told one on on this podcast. And a lot of the stories that I tell in class are my own original content that I've created from start to finish. This story is one of the stories that I tell in class that are not my original content, that are old yogic stories that have been passed down for generations and generations that I put my own creative spin on. And by putting my own creative spin on, the story's outcome may become slightly different, but it's the story that I want to tell today. So this story is about a coyote wandering the Sonoran Desert. And the Sonoran Desert can be a really harsh place. Food can be really hard to find in the middle of a desert. So as the coyote struggles through his daily life, any opportunity to find food is something that he must absolutely capitalize on. And failing to capitalize on any opportunity could very well be the end of the coyote's life. One day, just as the sun is starting to set, the coyote looked over his shoulder and saw this weird little small 12-inch cave in the side of a rock facing. And he heard a noise starting to make its way out. There was something in that cave and the noise was starting to travel down the cave and, and make it towards the cave entrance. And he quickly looked around and saw there was a huge saguaro cactus and the coyote just ran and hid behind the saguaro cactus until he knew what was coming out of this cave. Much to the coyote's surprise, what came out of the cave was a thunderous herd, a pack of pack rats. Hundreds, maybe thousands of pack rats streaming out of this 12-inch gap, streaming out minute after minute until eventually they were all gone. They were all out of the cave and scurrying out into the desert. Now the coyote's initial response was, I need to run from this behind this cactus, catch one of these pack rats and make myself a dinner for the night. But he had a second thought. He knew where these pack rats lived. Pack rats are creatures of habit. That's why they're called pack rats. They bring things back to their nest. 
He knew where they lived. There was no reason to chase them through the desert. They'd be coming back soon. So the coyote waited. He knew that the pack rats would be gone all night. And they'd come back just before sunrise. So the coyote waited. And just before sunrise, the coyote made his way over to the front of the rat cave. He launched himself up and stood on his back two paws. He opened his mouth, and he lifted his gaze towards the moon. This is a pretty awkward way for a coyote to stand, and when the pack rats came back to their cave, their home, there was no element of surprise. There was a coyote standing on two paws directly in front of their entrance. They all stopped. They were all terrified. They knew that they were not designed to be creatures underneath the Sonoran Desert Sun. They had to get back into that cave, but they also knew there was a coyote standing in front of them. A creature that they'd seen many times. Many of their friends had been consumed by coyotes, maybe even by this coyote. Yet they'd never seen a coyote standing on his back legs, head turned up, mouth open. The leaders of the pack rats got together, and they eventually elected two members that would approach the coyote and see what happened. The worst case scenario, what they planned on doing is if the coyote ate one of the pack rats, the other would run as fast as it could in the opposite direction of the cave entrance and the rest of the pack rats could make their way in. These two pack rats approached the coyote and he didn't move at all. They eventually made it right to his feet and he didn't move at all. One of the pack rats looked up and asked the coyote what he was doing. The coyote said, well, to be honest, I saw that you had such a beautiful home here. And I saw you all leaving your home as the sun was setting. And I thought that I might be able to help your community. And pack rats said, oh, well, you know, coyote that's going to help us. That sounds, that sounds pretty nice. Okay, well... Mr. Coyote, why, why are you standing on your back legs? We've, we've seen lots of coyotes before. They're usually chasing us on four legs. Well, you see, pack rats, I'm, I'm a very special coyote. I'm not like the, the average coyotes around here. I have such power within me that if my four feet touch the earth, the entire earth will crumble, and I'll destroy not only your home but mine. So I choose to stay on my back feet as difficult as it may be so that I can protect your world. And the pack rats like this, the sound of this a lot. Now this seems like a pretty good coyote. He's willing to protect them. He hasn't eaten them yet, number one, most importantly. Number two, he's so powerful that if his four feet touch the ground, the whole world will be destroyed. And yet he's kind enough not to do that. Okay, well, Mr. Coyote, that's pretty kind of you. Thank you. Why is your mouth open? Well, you know, that's another interesting thing about me. I'm, uh, I'm an airitarian. So I, I only eat the air, and that's how I gain my nourishment. Through that and, of course, the moonbeams coming off the moon up there, that's how I'm nourished. 
Now, this completely put the entire pack of pack rats at ease. Right? A coyote that doesn't eat meat, who wants to protect them to help their community, and who's willing to stand on his back legs to make sure all of the world's creatures are protected, seems pretty good. So they thanked him. And individually, as every single pack rat enters the cave, they stopped, they bowed, and they thanked him. They stopped, they bowed, and they thanked him. They stopped, they bowed, and they thanked him. Until every single pack rat had filled the cave. And the next day, when the pack rats left, as the sun started to set, the pack rats left the cave, the coyote was right there, standing on both legs, looking up. Then the leader again asked, So how are you going to help our community? And the coyote said, Well, you suffer from a lot of of predatory practices, right? You've been attacked before? Pack rat says, Yeah, well, of course. You know, we're we're pack rats. We kind of, we do a lot of hiding. And Coyote said, well, I'm here to protect you from predators. You'll notice a lot less predators around while I'm standing here. And if any try to come after you, I'll take care of them. The pack rats were overjoyed at this. They headed out wave after wave of pack rats, right? These thousands of pack rats just making their way out of this single little pack rat cave until the very last pack rat left. And when that happened... The coyote very quickly, very sneakily, dropped down to all fours, swallowed the pack rat whole, and then stood back up before anyone noticed. And the pack rats came back that night as they entered the cave. Thank you, Mr. Coyote. Thank you, Mr. Coyote. All bowing, all each and every one bowing as they went into the cave. The next day, the same thing happened. All the pack rats leave. As the sun sets, the pack rats take off. The very last pack rat. Coyote comes down, snatches, swallows it whole. No one notices. Now this went on for days. For days, every single day, the pack rats would leave, the coyote would eat the very last one. Pack rats would come back, they would thank the coyote for protection. Now one of the pack rats started to ask some questions of the leaders. Started to look around and he thought the numbers were looking a little thin. Not only that, but he looked at the coyote It was a very plump-looking coyote. For someone who eats air and moonbeams, it was hard to believe he could have that big of a belly. But day after day, the same process has happened. The pack rat with the questions was shunned and put down. Until eventually, it was undeniable. There were less pack rats. And the coyote was more and more plump every day. Finally, the leaders of the pack rat community were convinced that they would test the coyote. So they came up with this plan. When all of the pack rats left this night, three members would stay back. And they'd just watch what happened. So when it seemed like the last pack rat had left the cave, the coyote came down on all fours, gobbled up the, the what seemed like the last rat, and then pounced right back up. Now these three rats were able to tell the rest of the community. They saw what happened. The coyote came on all fours. The world didn't crumble. The coyote wasn't eating air or moonbeams. He was getting fat off of them. And instead of coming back to the cave that night, the pack rats went off searching for a new home. Now, this isn't a story that's exclusive to pack rats. 
yogis, seekers, and people who aren't asking the right questions are falling victim to these coyotes dressed in human clothing all the time. And what does that mean? Well, think about the word guru. Think about how negative a connotation that brings up in your head. And then ask yourself why. The word guru itself means he who dispels darkness. So how is it possible that he who dispels darkness is providing so much negative emotions just by bringing up the word? And I think the answer is pretty simple. We've been tricked by too many coyotes. Too many people telling us they're gurus, telling us they can dispel the darkness, who are bringing darkness into our lives. And it's really dangerous because when we start to associate teachers with negativity, we have real problems. And that's why it's so important that we question our teachers, that you question me, that everything about me you question. Now, one thing about me that I'm really proud of is I don't teach from anything other than experience. I'll never tell you I'm a being of bright white light because I'm not. I'm just me making mistakes every single day and sharing the mistakes that I make with you. But the reality is I can only teach from what I know, from what I've actually lived, from what I've actually experienced because I don't have anything else I can pull from. And I'm not willing to tell you I'm a magical being because I'm not. I think the thing that most clearly defines me is how remarkably unspecial I am. I have no remarkable talents. I'm not remarkably gifted with people, but I'm willing to put in my effort and I'm willing to do everything I can to the best of my ability every single day, seven days a week, 20 hours a day, almost every single day, 20 hours a day from 5 a.m. till midnight. And I go nonstop and I produce a lot of stuff. None of it's remarkably talented. None of it's remarkably special but I keep trying to get better every single moment of every single day and do it to the best of my ability. Now, the biggest reason I wanted to share that coyote story is because I ran into one and I was momentarily hurt by it. And I want to share that story with you so you can learn how I screwed up remarkably. Last weekend, I made a a really difficult decision for me. A decision that was um, outside of my time capacity and outside of my financial capacity to attend a, a yoga training. Something that I'd never done before and something that I decided to do after a, a lot of deliberation and a lot of conversation with students. And I put a lot of energy into what this experience was going to be. And I had a lot of expectations for what this experience was going to be and what I was going to learn from it. And how I would take what I learned from it and translate it into better classes. And instead, what I got was so much more amazing. And I learned more than I ever could have possibly imagined. Not from going to the training. Because I actually wasn't allowed to. So, when I arrived to take this training, I was greeted by the instructor. Who told me I wouldn't be allowed to attend. And she told me I wouldn't be allowed to attend because of another student who was in attendance. And it was one of the most painful moments of my life. Being excluded, being prevented from 
bettering myself because someone else didn't want me there was really painful and really hurtful and really unfair and the best thing that could have possibly happened that day. So I went home sad and in pain and I cried about this. I cried about this. And my biggest mistake was doing exactly what I'm doing right now, but in a different way. My biggest mistake was sharing the experience from my point of pain and not from this place where I am now where there's no pain and there's only happiness that it happened exactly how it did. So I reached out to someone and involved them in the pain that I was dealing with. And what I realized after doing it was that my involving them in the pain that I was dealing with was not taking responsibility for the situation. What I realized was it was my job to handle the situation within me. Not within what happened, right? Two people chose to be cruel and those cruel actions prevented me from being able to attend a workshop. But I don't have to be upset by that. And I realized that the next day. So after 24 hours of being really sad and really hurt and really in pain and crying, I cried. I realized something. And that was, I was prevented from learning, quote unquote, from someone who doesn't treat people the way I think you should treat people. I was prevented from paying someone who is mean and cruel to people. And I was upset about that. How could I possibly be upset from not paying someone who's, who's cruel? And I realized immediately I was in the wrong. I needed to yield. It doesn't matter if I really wanted to go to that workshop. The thing that matters is, where, do, where can I learn my lesson? And my lesson there was so, so deep and so impactful and so important and so, so many layers. I had never been excluded from anything in my life. And being excluded from that situation hurt. And I realized right there that that's not something that's a part of yoga. And that's not something that's a part of me. And I have to do an even better job to make sure everyone knows they're welcome to our community. They're a part of what we do. And we love them. I have to do an even better job of understanding that every time I'm in a situation that I don't like, it's my responsibility to react. And I can react and pout and cry about it, but that's not making anything better. And everything got better the moment I realized They've made their intentions clear. They've revealed themselves to be the coyote. And I'm upset about that. No, I can't be upset about that. I have to thank them. I have to be grateful for them. I owe them a debt of gratitude. Because not only, not only did they show me personally my ability to reframe a situation, my ability to recognize that Sadness about situations is a decision I make. It's a decision I can choose to be sad or I can choose to be joyful about it. 
I can choose to be thrilled that I didn't get to go to that workshop because it means that I learned these beautiful lessons. It means that I become a better teacher, not because I learned some adjustment tricks, because I became more human. And becoming more human is how we become better teachers. Whether it's in a yoga studio, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's with our friends, our family, it doesn't matter. The more human we are, the more we yield, the more softness we have, the better teachers we become, the better leaders we become. When you run into somebody who doesn't allow you to question them, when you're prevented from doing something, when someone's mean to you, you have the choice of how you respond. And if you respond by sharing that pain, you have to understand that you've just passed on the pain that these people brought into your world to someone else. And that's not fair. So I owe a huge debt of gratitude and a huge apology for doing that. And I realize it. And I'm so, so thankful to have the opportunity to have learned this lesson. I'm so lucky to have had the opportunity to learn these lessons. Maybe the biggest lesson of all, though, goes right back to the coyote. Because the reason we have so many negative thoughts about gurus, about teachers... It's because a lot of them are telling us their magic, telling us their beings a bright light. And they don't allow you to question them. I actually invited the teacher who wouldn't let me attend a class on the podcast today as an opportunity to just hold nuanced discussion in a really open forum that's really loving and supporting. as a way to heal. And that's exactly how it was presented. How can we heal this gap that we've created? But there wasn't a desire to heal. And that's not yoga. The word yoga means union. And I don't know what the word student means, but I want it to mean someone full of questions. And I invite you to question me. And I invite you to question everyone. Everyone who teaches you anything, question it. Ask, does this make sense within you? And if they start talking about being a being of white light, turn off the lights and see what happens. If they glow, I say listen to them. If it turns dark, maybe it's time to find a new room. <laughs>